Welcome back to Smell You Later, the podcast about Sable's sinuses. <laughs> I have great news on that front. I know. You're on, you're on, um, you're juicing. This episode's brought to you by corticosteroids, of which I'm on plenty of. <laughs> so is that like an ongoing thing? Yes. So you just take steroids now? I have to take an inhaler, a corticosteroid inhaler twice a day. I too am also like, is, is this for, like, when do I stop? Is yeah. this forever? Like, what, what, why? How? Are they pills too? And singular pills. Girl. Which again, I'm like, what the hell do you do? Yeah. Like, and then I'm like looking at the little prescription bottle and it's like 30 in here and there's like two extra refills. I'm like, so I just have to keep taking this like yeah. every night? Like then what? what? But you're better. But I am better. I'm smelling like I have never smelled before. I love that. Possibly even better, but that might just be my imagination. Sure, sure. Part of me is like, was my sense of smell always this sensitive? Like, yeah. damn. Wow. Or is it just that I haven't smelled in two weeks, so everything is like vibrant. You're now. superhuman now. I am. Maybe that's the truth. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. This is my superhero origin story. Things were getting dark. They I were was, getting quite, I was getting very depressed. I was like, those nostrils are yours. <laughs> Need to pull it together yeah. for the sake of the show. Yeah. I was like, we have to cancel the show because the one of those. Imagine. <laughs> well, believe science. Thank you, medicine. Thank you, medicine. Thank you, big pharma. Literally. <laughs> thank you, big pharma. Sponsor this podcast. Yeah. Thank you, Medicare. <laughs> this isn't really our beat, but it sort of is. But mm -hmm. I am dying for your shady take on it. Oh. Glossier going into oh. Sephora. That new CEO. She is CEOing. I mean, it had to like not always be the plan, clearly, but like. Probably like that's like her first thing of action. Uh, she did come on months ago, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, where a she while. was like, we got to get this shit into stores, guys. I just met her. She's cool. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, Cool. I'm yeah. surprised it was Sephora and not Ulta. Thank you. Just because like I feel like Ulta is more, has A, has more reach nationwide. Yes, exactly. And is more where their customer shops. Exactly. Listen, yeah. Sephora may be for the girls, but Ulta is for the dolls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, this isn't all the household. Sephora yeah. can burn in hell. Like, it's different. It would be different if they were <laughs> launching from the get-go at Sephora. Then I can see how Sephora's push. They have a reputation for launching oh, big sure, brands. Sure, 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 sure. But, like, they already have a reputation. Yeah. So they should just go with the widest reach then. Alta is running circles around Sephora lately. Well, and they always have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that, like, the D2C of it all is coming into. Right. Uh, Does anyone, like, buy Glossier? That's a good question. Um, I do think that Glossier's imperial phase being over and them sort of succumbing to like the game Capitalism. of it all. Yeah. I do think it sort of takes a lot of the pressure off of them. And one yeah, allows them to take more risks and allows them to fail of as course. well. So I'm kind of excited to see like what the fuck they do now. Yeah. I mean, like if you look back at the last year, the powder eyeshadows, I was like, oh, things are dire. And that... What are they? What after bomb? That super uh, rich moisturizer in the green. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, flop. It's just cuticle. I didn't even hear about it's that. cuticle cream. I mean, I did hear about it, but it, like it was like a blip. It sucks, but it's apparently right. It sucks respectfully. Um, <laughs> it's apparently like their largest launch in a while. I think anything that is barrier rescuing, barrier rebuilding, or barrier protecting is yeah. just like an easy sell these days. I agree. I agree. It's like skincare was like peel off your whole face yep. and glow with all of these chemical exfoliants and yep. everyone went way too hard on that and now they're like now i need to restore my barrier i'm still so going now. way too hard on them 
The world's on just fire. Just like moderation, I y'all. I love an acid. Like I love a face acid, but I also know like you can't do that shit every day. Oops. But yeah. <laughs> I am, last thing about this, I am sort of surprised mm. that they chose to go into retailers and not just sell. What do you mean just sell? Like. Like sell the brand? Yes. Oh. To the LVMH of it all. Oh. You know. If you're going to sell out, girl, That's sell true. out. I don't know. I think they like appointed a new CEO. They probably have all these plans that their investors had to improve. Mm -hmm. So like this is the step before they sell to LVMH. I mean, they are opening and reopening brick yeah. and mortars like wildfire. So like maybe maybe this all does make sense. Yeah, I don't no. know. I um, just is Glossier relevant anymore? No, but. Yeah, like I, I mean, but is. like, what is relevant though? It's Kara just asked me that this morning. Yeah. I was like, I can't even tell yeah, you. Yeah, we were talking about what this fucking in the group house chat. labs. I feel like anything people like makeup that makes you look like you're not wearing makeup, and they always will. Like Jones Road, yeah, Rare Beauty, oh, Jones Road. I'm sorry. The thing of like, it is, though, it's like. Everything that is relevant now is because of Glossier. Like True. I, I fucking ride for but say. But also Glossier, I love say. Yeah. Did not reinvent the wheel. No, 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 no. Yeah. no of course, but they did reinvent how it looked. Yes. They, they didn't reinvent the wheel, it. but they reinvented the circle. But like, what? Like I don't know. I like, <laughs> like I said, I love say, but like say only we say yeah. is only say because of Glossier. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Summer Fridays. Say is like of expensive Glossier. Glossier. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, it does work better, I'm not though. sorry. This is a beauty-adjacent podcast. Um, wait, what, what shady shit did you just say? I just said it does work better, though. It, do, it does work better, though. Cloud paint for the masses. Cloud paint for all. Lash slick for others. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine my surprise. Okay. Last week, when I was scrambling to get to this beauty event mm -hmm. after work, which was at... 6 p.m., which doesn't sit right with me, but it's quite it, early. It was quite early, especially for dinner. But I was like, whatever. I get there, I walk in, I look around. The girls are girling, <laughs> and one of the PR girls who I like a lot was like, "Oh, I saw you right next to Sable," and I was like, "Sable, oh my God. Sable's coming." Which, like, me not knowing you're coming is not out of the ordinary yeah. i mean it was a skincare event like yeah. what the fuck do i care about skincare and like if it was a fragrance event then we usually touch base but, like mm -hmm. we go to shit all the time whatever yeah so i sit my little Oops. happy ass down with the place cards were little succulents with our name on them tine and sinks sable young to my left and i said oh my girl is on her way and <laughs> drinks started coming out <laughs> the seat is empty and i said "Ooh, she's keeping us waiting <laughs> apps were coming out i said oh she is gonna be fashionably late she's gonna make an entrance like the penguin oh. in batman um just like danny devito sable skipped the dinner I, skipped it. Um, I was in a medical crisis okay also it was a heat wave it was a heat wave yeah it was just funny i was i was like no believe you me nothing hurts my heart more than missing a free dinner i was gonna say yeah. i and and to be fair, like no one said anything, but I was like, Sable doesn't miss. Free I was like meals. half expecting them to email me, being like, "Are you coming?" Yeah, they didn't. It was fine. But how was the dinner? Uh, it was really good. Okay, it was at a place that was like new-ish. Yeah. Uh, food is great. I am enjoying the moisturizer. It is moisturizing. <laughs> <laughs> the moisturizer is moisturizing. Well done. Which is all we can hope for. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I missed like almost every beauty event in the past two weeks because oh, of my right. sinuses and just being depressed. And then I missed one tonight because we had to reschedule this recording. So they like also just emailed me and they're like, just seeing if you're on your way. And I was like, is no one there? And that's why you care. Yeah, literally. It's kind of like 
like when they did go out and like if like a friend or someone was like hosting a party and then they'd text you to be like hey are you coming i'd be like oh no this means the party sucks oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's there yet. <laughs> if you're like starting to head count that means the party sucks mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> but I, feel, I was like damn and again i'm like just imagining a sad empty chair with my name in front of it <laughs> like she's the girl that doesn't show <laughs> i'm so sorry please keep the, inviting me to your dinners the sad succulent is still there still on the, the same table. succulent <laughs> in the lower east side well, this podcast is more important than a it free is. dinner. It is. Listen, we did have a kooky week a week or two ago we where did. we were like very stacked with guests yeah. and then everyone, everyone. canceled. <laughs> someone got COVID, someone had a family emergency yeah. and then we had to scramble, but we're- They all came back. Ingenious girlies and here we are. If you let them go and they come back, that's how you know it was meant to be. Christina Aguilera said that. As did Mariah Carey. There we go. The two voices of our generation. Yes. The two genders. The two genders. <laughs> Why did I think that? I don't know. Sable. Yes. What do you smell? I'm so mad about this. Sable, <laughs> what do you smell like today? I'm so happy to report I'm smelling in general, but oh, true. I have been blessed with the newest Victor and Rolf fragrance, spearheaded by my girl, FK Twigs. Queen. It, it's called Good Fortune. As she says, Good Fortune. I love the way she says fortune. She's so good. I love her voice. I I could listen to her talk like all day. Uh, So this is their latest fragrance. And it's very, it has like a kind of, the bottle, it looks like a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. It Um, looks like the crystal ball emoji. It looks exactly like the crystal ball emoji. And, you know, the whole vibe of it is very purple and mystical. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like Prince in that way. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest. I kind of knew what it would smell like sure. when I read the notes and heard them described as such. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. I think from a brand that has made an empire from a fragrance called Flower Bomb, I'm yeah. like, they're not going to stray too too far from that. You haven't said what it smells like. Okay. I'm going to. Good. <laughs> okay. So I sprayed it on myself today a couple hours ago, and it still smells the same. Like, good on that. Yeah. It's giving spicy floral. It's giving sharp gourmand. It's giving hot girl scents of the mid aughts. I feel like it's almost like a, a witch's potion of YSL Libra black opium flower bomb. What are the other hot girl scents? Maybe those are just the three. Okay. But it's like a, a witch's potion of that. They outlined, or rather, they called out fennel as a top note and jasmine it's like a specific jasmine fennel and gentian codistillate i think that's another floral jasmine super infusion i don't know what super infusion means infusion with what who knows and then bourbon vanilla infusion as the base so I think the bourbon vanilla mixed with the jasmine is giving it that spicy floralness and the fennel gives it like a little bit of spice. I love fennel. Same. One of my favorite salads I make is like fennel and arugula, a little balsamic vinegar, olive oil, and Parmesan cheese. Chef's kiss. Sibyl's hungry. Yes. <laughs> but I was like, ooh, fennel. That's interesting. You don't. It, it doesn't smell like fennel. I kind of wish it did. I kind of do too. A part of me was like, you could have gone a little heavier on the fennel. Right. But- I don't know. I guess it, it gives it like a little interesting, a little, little something, something. But it's very creamy and spicy. 
and like you know the way that the hot girl spicy florals tend to go it's like it warms it warms on your skin and then you start to smell the vanilla more and then it feels very like spicy warm gourmandy mm-hmm. i don't know it just smells like hot girls on a night out the back seat of an uber pool mm-hmm. going from the meat packing district to bushwick for the after party ew yeah it's like oh i never like the trajectory of those nights at yeah. all ew. yeah I'm, I'm no longer in those Ubers. Me neither. I found God. Yeah. <laughs> I always like knew I wasn't that girl. Even when I was like going through the motions, I'm like, what am I doing? Girl. I'm not her. If I'm in an Uber going to Brooklyn after the party, yeah. I'm going to hell. Yeah. At okay. least I live there. So yeah. I'm like, this brings me slightly closer home. No, but- this, I have been chopping at the bit for this fragrance since like March. The visuals are great. The visuals and are great. And they do have a great. cool, I think you can buy w- ones with your Zodiac charm like customized on God, it, which okay. is kind of neat. Yeah. So that's neat. So yeah, I've been dying for this fragrance since March when I got drunk with PR <laughs> at the Odeon. Um, but I don't Dad's ha- disappointed. But I don't have it yet. Um, I'm sure they've sent it to you. Looking at you, bold PR. But. <laughs> I'm sure it's waiting for you. Yeah, I'm sure. But so I've only, that to say, I've only smelled it on you and yeah. I'm like. It smells like hot girls, like party girls. Does, like, does it even? I think so. It smells like, and I, I love a Victor and Rolf scent because they're loud as fuck. I kind of want to smell it. I want to smell Flower Bob now to compare them. I don't think they smell anything like, okay, however, okay. I do think this smells like Libra. You said, yes. you said that. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And then I was like, oh, yes, it does. Um, yeah. I think it's less spicy floral in the way that we talk about spicy florals. I think it's a little, it's almost a little powdery to me. It is powdery for sure. Um, but yeah, I want to smell it on me. God damn it. I think it will be a commercial success. Do you? I, th- I think so. I was actually curious how they came up with FKA Twigs as like the spokesperson. I know it's because so she's, good. I mean, she's very cool yep. and very interesting, but she's also a bit off the cuff yep. of the mainstream world, yep. even in the music industry. Yep. So I was like, oh, what that, what an interesting choice. Like, if anything, I feel like they would choose like a Charlie XEX, totally. who's like a little bit more mainstream, totally. but like, I don't know, FKA Twigs is like, she's almost like too cool to. To do like a big corporate campaign. She's not too cool to catch a check. I mean, no, good for her. I remember listening to an interview with her on Julia Fox's podcast. Oh, God. And she was saying how during the pandemic, like obviously tours were canceled. She wasn't working. But like a musician, an artist at her level still has like a team and a staff that like are full time with her. And she said that like she kept all of them on payroll throughout wow. the pandemic because she's like, we're a family, we're gonna wow. get through this. But then she said towards the end, she's like, no, I was running, I was about to have to sell my house, like to keep like to keep supporting everybody. And then like, I think at that point was when tours were like allowed to happen again. <laughs> Which you got offered the campaign. Well, th- yeah, that's what I thought too. And then I was like, oh, what good timing that you got offered this hopefully big check campaign well that's great i mean that kind of shit always comes back to you yeah 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 you know? i mean she looks amazing in the visuals mm-hmm. I th- however think... the bottle does not the bottle was not even there at the shoot really? if you look closely oh if the bottle was there the logo was not all of the assets that they're running yeah. on paid the bottle's there but it looks like i comped in the logo on huh. instagram stories interesting i'm like where are y'all's graphic designers anyways she looks stunning she looks great um I think I read that the song Killer mm-hmm. is a part of the campaign. Huh. I don't 
I wouldn't say that she wrote it to be part of the campaign, no. but it, like I don't know why they're like co-opting it. They're certainly that. happening in tandem. Yeah, yeah, but that's my favorite track of her new album. Do you like Capper songs? It's okay. Ugh, I love it. I it, it's growing on me. Yeah. It's growing. It's to very be... it's very me though. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But wait, Killer is on a different album. Killer is Killer is a single. Is a single. Yeah. On a forthcoming album. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I like whatever direction that is going in. Same. I didn't love Tears in the Club. I love Tears in the Club. I think it was just, it's too literal. It's a little generic Yeah, for it's her. like, a, yeah, exactly. Like she's so poetic and abstract. And then I was like, oh, you're going to be that literal? Just yeah. Tears in the Club? Yeah. Okay, fine. I think you have to be. To and then like the weekend, weekend comes in. I'm like, he doesn't need to be here. I don't like him, but I like Are we crying because he's here? Yes. <laughs> Go away, Abel. <laughs> Tynan. Oh, what? Um, I for, we forgot to mention the Marissa Zappa's party. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So we both attended a launch party for Marissa Zappas. Her, I, I don't know if it's a relaunch, the red, her Red Mance collection. We were very murky on the details. <laughs> yeah, we were really murky on the details. But uh, she launched a collection at Lucky Scent, a.k.a. Scent Bar, her Red Mance collection. Mm-hmm. There's three fragrances. Mm-hmm. They're all really cool. They're all based on like his, like unknown historical women figures yeah the way that she talks about it is extremely cool and beautiful it's like a bit like fairy tale-esque almost except they're actual people well yeah that and it's just like women's relationships with like each other and presentation Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm very top line paraphrasing here so marissa if you're listening (laughs) don't come for me i'm so sorry uh but yeah it was that was first time i've met her in person oh really Yeah, yeah yeah whoa yeah she's so fucking cool She's really, she's so sweet. She's, she's really cool. Yeah. That was also the first time I got to smell Annabelle's birthday cake. You said that. I did not know that. I never got a sample of it. Really? And I get the hype now. I totally get the hype now because I think like when I read it, I was like, okay, it probably smells like a cake, whatever. But it's like so much more than that. There's a note of balloons. Yes. Well, like it doesn't, it does have like that gourmandy dessertiness to For it, sure. but Again, it has like this like sweet, spicy gourmandness that uh-huh. that gives it a lot more depth. Uh-huh. That I was like, oh shit! And there's like this big dose of lemon and almost like the pungentness of a broken vine too. That almost makes it like vinyl y. Really, it's cool. I was getting like spicy gourmand. A it is bit. spicy. It's very yeah. gourmand. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Very but like gourmand. on top of all of that, there's like citrus yeah. and like a little green. Like I wasn't getting like fluffy dessert. I was almost getting a more earthiness hmm. to it, which I really love. I would be interested to see how it wears on you. Yeah, probably quite differently. Yeah. But I was like, oh damn, I get why people obsess over this now. Totally. Like, shit. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Stan Marissa Zappos. Stan. Okay, sorry. Also like randomly like Miranda July was at that party and I was like, what? Yeah. I was, I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like standing next to her. There was like, just like a bunch of us like loitering in Scent Bar. And it's like a quite small space if you've ever been there in a, what was that, Nolita, Soho? Mm-hmm. I don't Nolita. even know what neighborhoods are anymore. And my friend Lauren Servidian was also there, who I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. Who's like one of my favorite Instagram comedians. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you were there because I walk in and they were like, we're out of champagne. And I was like, hey, bye. Um, but, then, but then I turn around and Sable's right there. I was like, oh, thank God. I have a reason to be here. I brought my friend Dara just like, because we were like going to hang out. Then I was like, oh, I have to go to the smell event later. Do you want to come? She's like, yes. <laughs> and like she had the time of her life just like smelling things. It was, it was cool. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can have go to a smell party. Anyone. Anybody. Got a nose? You can go. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny. What do you smell like today? Okay. 
I don't know. I've been <laughs> in such a weird place with this all day. So today's episode, mm-hmm. not to spoil the gag, it has the global vice president of Marc Jacobs Fragrances. And this is an episode that we have like sort of been fighting tooth and nail to make happen yeah. since we started almost two years ago. This was truly one of the first that I we were both like, we need to have Marc Jacobs on. Um, obviously, they are, you know, one of the huge drivers of culture and conversation and contemporary fragrance. And it it's just like a big whatever. You not to get all queer and sentimental, but I have been wearing uh, the original Marc Jacobs fragrance since I was like sixteen, and it means like so much to me because I love it. Oh, anyway, that's what I'm wearing today. Sorry. Um, But it means so much to me because it is one of the two fragrances that has come with me through all of this. And it's just like I sprayed it on this morning because I knew that we were doing all this tonight. And I thought it'd be a nice thing to wear. And I don't know. It's just made me like wonky all day because I was like, fuck. I don't know. It's just one of those things. Wait, so this is the original Mark yeah. Jacobs. Yeah, it's like fragrance. full circle energy. Do you okay, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, wow, yeah. we're yeah. finally here. If only me almost 20 years ago could see me now. I don't know. I hate, but <laughs> yeah. So I'm wearing the original Mark Jacobs for men. And this, I love it today just as much as I did when I first smelled it. It is like sweet and green and like beachy but beachy in this sort of like salty ocean air way mm. not the sunny coconut sunscreen way mm-hmm. i just it just like redefined the way that i saw the possibilities of fragrance as a 16 year old guy who that was like interrogating you know my queerness and my gender expression and all of these things and this fragrance like repositioned all of the possibilities of what I could be in my life. Mm. And here the fuck I am. Wow. You know what I mean? That's a lot. <laughs> no, it is. It is. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like men can be sweet and men can yeah. be soft and, you know, men don't have to be one thing. And Where this, did you buy it originally? I bought it at. Where did you discover it? I discovered it at the Marshall Fields, which was probably by then Macy's uh, counter at my local Cherryvale Mall in Rockville, Illinois. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've talked about when you live in not New York or L.A. Mm-hmm. and you don't, <laughs> you also have no money because you're 16 years right, old. Yeah. But, you know, you have, you, you obsessively read <laughs> fashion and beauty magazines and they're your sort of entryway into the industry, which is a very mysterious fragrance is your one tactile entry point into that which is i mean a 65 dollar 85 dollar fragrance is not affordable to a 16 year old or anyone today but it's like something you could realistically ask for for christmas or or birthday your parents would be like okay yeah yeah fine little gay boy um (laughs) or you know save up for or whatever i'm not certainly not buying like a mark jacobs trench for a couple grand but i thought mark jacobs was so glamorous and so cool and so queer which it all was time also it was like the hot yeah it brand right right exactly so i you know i got my hands in this and you couldn't tell me shit you know what i mean (laughs) one i thought i was so cool because i could just say oh i'm wearing mark jacobs like have you heard of it yeah but i also genuinely loved it 
And yeah, it's just come with me through like all of this, like my entire career in beauty and fragrance and my entire career is like figuring out what any of this shit means to me and, you know, fragrance, beauty, queerness, all of it. And I often, I think a lot of people look at me and are like, what does this all mean? Like you, what are you like? Exactly. Like here? you're, uh, you're, what you, is this pink man? You're gay. Cause you wear makeup. You're, you wear makeup cause you're gay. And it's like, no, it's not that intertwined. You know, yeah. it's not that easy, please. But I, but like, sometimes it is, you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes it's like, where does this all fit in? Mm-hmm. And I like to separate all that. And I think it's a privilege to even have the conversation with myself of like, these two things are not the same. And like, this does not mean that, but I look back and I'm like, Ooh, this fragrance like was the entry point in me being like, you can be anything you want. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even like your queerness can look however you want it to. It can look exactly the way people like tell you it is, or it can look different and all of it's okay. Anyway. Respect. This, <laughs> this fragrance is all of that. It's uh, it's sweet. It's green. It's beachy. It's lovely. What I is didn't... it discontinued? No, uh, no question mark. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe it is continued. When did it come out? It came out in two thousand two. Oh. Which was the year I started high school, I think. Okay. I think I was a sophomore in high school. That would make sense because I, I was like middle. Yeah. yeah. I have recently spoke about this fragrance, so I don't need to beat it in the ground. But what I didn't realize until today, which is odd, because I look at the notes like twice a year mm-hmm. there's a lot of fig in it and i think Ooh. the sweetness of it comes from that in the same way that you know debaser is really figgy right, from yeah. ds and durga the fig is really purple and nectary and and deep uh and yeah the, the top is bergamot cypress spices cumin cardamom ginger the middle is watery fig leaves with a combination of rose and uh, cyclamen and then the base is tonka bean with musk fig and moss so I actually do think all those notes help to really bring it to life. This is just one of the most beautiful fragrances of my lifetime to me. It's one of the most beautiful fragrances I have ever smelled in any way. Sorry for that meltdown. Um, (laughs) Today, we finally are happy to say that we have Erwan from Marc Jacobs joining us on the show today. This all started, well, besides begging um, for the last two years, I went to a fundraiser at Cipriani that Mark Jacobs Fragrance was generous enough to invite me to at the beginning of Pride, I think. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. I don't know. It was for the center, uh, the center dinners, this gigantic queer fundraiser. I was sat right next to him and he's one of the loveliest people ever. We talked a lot about fragrance and it wasn't one of those like pitchy PR conversations. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying to sell me on the brand. I was like, I already love you. You know that uh, we already, we actually just talked about fragrance in general and like other fragrances he likes. And I was like, Oh, like you are the shit. Yeah. Come on our show. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so would you like to say more on the record? I was like, boy, do I yeah. have an opportunity for you yeah. and for you? I mean, for me, um, but this is actually, I didn't know this until this week. Uh, the Mark Jacobs fragrances first appearance on a podcast. Oh, Wow. Go us. <laughs> you knew that. You were on the email. I know, but they don't know that. Okay. God. <laughs> Just trying to. You would not be nominated for an Oscar for that performance. <laughs> so, I method. <laughs> <laughs> method means you believe it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like we, from like, I feel like consistently we get people in our DMs about the daisy flankers yeah. i think just because they're so ubiquitous that everyone has interaction with the daisy at some point mm-hmm. 
and the fact that I just like keep receiving them every time a new one comes out, which <laughs> is like every six them. months. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a like a magazine subscription. It's right. like, this is Month's Daisy. Right. And I'm finally, I'm like, I need to know, what is this? What the, yeah. Like, how are you doing this? Well, you're right. I mean, we've talked- Why are you doing this? We've talked a lot about flankers and yeah. our experience in the industry, you know, both in editorial and behind the scenes. Like, we know a lot about how these things happen and why things are franchised. Yeah. Uh, no matter But this is like the most robust- flanker army exactly I think, that exactly. we know of so i mean i think it makes a lot of sense to uh, have someone from the brand on to one discuss the brand that we love and also to really uh go deep into the flankerization yeah. of fragrances in general yeah what is it why is it how do they keep reproducing let's find out okay hi everyone listening thanks so much for having me my name is Ewan Beheigo. i'm the vice president of the marjacos fragrances at cody Cody is one of the la world's largest beauty companies with a, a portfolio of iconic brands in, in cosmetics, fragrances, and and skincare. And and Marja Cubs is is one of them. We're so 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 happy yeah. to have you today. I know we just were talking about this before we started recording, but when Sable and I were sort of ideating around the show before we launched it and even after, Marc Jacobs was one of the brands that was just like tip top for us. We we're like, do you think we could fucking get these cameras? <laughs> and finally, after almost two years, we have. So yeah. thank you so, so much for joining us. We're so excited. Thank and Erwin, we'd love to know, what do you smell like today? Uh, that's a very good question. I actually love what I'm wearing today. It's a fragrance that that's not even out yet. Yet, I have to say it's currently in uh, in in development um, from uh, Alberto Morias, who's the the master perfumer behind all the Majacobs Daisy fragrances. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been on on board for since the beginning, actually, and we're very lucky to to have him uh, on on this brand. And yes, it's it's actually a fragrance for for women, but I personally alternate a lot, you know, between. Wearing men's and women's fragrances with the same pleasure. I, I strongly believe the idea of a gender fragrance is, is obsolete. You know, it's more a question of alchemy, you know, between your skin and, and your personality. I think a floral smell like rose, for instance, is, is great on men, the same way that there is nothing better than, than a woody fragrance, you know, on, on a woman's skin. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's more about that today. That's so exciting. That's exciting. So wait, when does this fragrance and development launch? Can you yeah. tell us? Well, it's still, of course, a bit of a secret project, but we are working today on a, on a new, let's say, flunker of Daisy. We call it a new flower with a new design. It's a new project and it will be out normally next year. Oh, oh wow. All right. So it's a whole new flower? It's going to be, yes, a, a new flower. Yes. Yes. Part of the Daisy Garden. Yeah. Cute. That's so that's really cool because today we wanted to sort of not focus the entire episode on, but really talk about flankers mm -hmm. and have you sort of give us the rundown. Because when we think about really iconic scents and then um, them getting flankered out throughout the years, um, one of the fragrances that we think about first is Daisy. And we're both huge fans of Daisy. Um, Sable got me into Daisy and all of its flankers uh, within the last year. So I think you're the perfect person to discuss all that. Yes, of course. I mean, Daisy, Daisy, you know, it's uh, it's true that uh, there's originally the Daisy Classic original, which was launched in 2008, mm -hmm. and then you know we really enriched, yeah, let's say the uh, the family with uh, new members, new Daisies, or Daisy also fresh, Daisy, mm -hmm. Daisy love, Daisy dream, Daisy love also sweet. So it, 
think more like sort of a sisterhood, you know, and they, they're all coming from the same family. They all have somehow sort of an olfactive link mm -hmm. together, but they are also different. You know, they have different right. personalities. And that's really the way we, we have built also this daisy family, let's say. But the good thing is that they, they, they had this common signature. You know, you have this very addictive woody notes combined with some fruity floral composition that are very specific. Experts sometimes call these olfactive compositions are as nondescript because you cannot really tell, you know, which flower is inside. However, we, we always work with some fruity notes, you know, like, like berries, for instance, like the daisy classic is more white berry. The also fresh is more raspberry. So there is always this kind of play on, on, on berries associated with a floral seed that Again, we call it nondescript. I prefer to use the word unexpected or mysterious, but that's a little bit, a little bit how we work on these fragrances. Mm, sure. For people who may not know, can you explain what a flanker is in the fragrance industry context? Yes, of course. A, a flanker is usually, I mean, it comes again, as, as I said, from the same family. It's usually, let's say, it starts with, a, with an idea, you know, to express a new conceptual or an olfactive point of view from the, the original signature fragrance with the purpose to, to meet the, the desires uh, of our audience or bring new people, you know, into the, the community. So there's multiple ways to develop a business and, and Frankers is one of these, let's say, avenues. We build Frankers with different expressions you know, of the same concept, which we call in, in our case, a collection model, and this is what we are doing on, on Daisy. But you can also have a different approach using what we, we call, you know, in, in the industry, the icon-centric model. When we focus more on the, on the icon, the original fragrance, and we launch land extensions, you know, with an opportunity you know, to expand, you know, the signature scent. So this is what we are currently doing on Perfect, for instance. So mm -hmm. we, we stretch the concept a little bit further on Daisy because also the, the, the fragrance is older. It's more mature also in a way, not, not the audience, but the, the fragrance per se has been on the market for 14 years. Ah. So, uh, we probably go, go a little bit further, you know, in expressing a different territory that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does. How did Mark Jacobs decide to create all these flankers of Daisy instead of, for instance, just creating more Mark Jacobs fragrances? Yeah, I think the, the, the process of decision really depends, you know, on the Again, the maturity of, of a fragrance. We brands launch flankers when they, they've already deployed, you know, the full armada of land extensions, like the other toilet or the parfum tents, which typically stay close, you know, to the original scent. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the flanker is somehow a way to delight, you know, our community who already loves a successful fragrance and bring a new twist to their favorite scent. So. Mm -hmm. Timing is key, you know, when, when, when you, we have to launch a, a flanker because we, we really want to meet, you know, what the, the, our community is expecting and, and we use for that, you know, our social platforms, the rates and reviews, you know, on, on site. And we really, really try to, to, to get, you know, the perception and the, the, the feeling and the emotions, you know, that our, our community has. And, and that's also very useful, you know, to define when this is the right moment to launch a new flunker. So that was a really good question. I sort of want to spin off of that because you've got me thinking, you know, I, I, I'm wearing the original Marc Jacobs scent right now and I've been wearing it my entire life and I love it. But when I think of that bottle, which is very sort of like understated and austere, and then I think of the 
original daisy, which is so joyful and yeah, and sort of sculptural. Erwin, do you think that like with the launch of, you know, a new tentpole scent like daisy, when I think of all the Mark Jacobs scents past that, it feels like the bottles have been such a part of the fragrance because they're so sculptural and artistic and just fun. Do you think, I'm sort of riffing here and I apologize, but the design of a bottle helps its success, which then leads to the flankerization of it because like Sable said, the originals are the originals and but then you get the daisy and then there have been many iterations of it. Do you think that the design of the component has anything to do with that? Yes, I think so, especially, uh, especially on this brand. And, and to your point, I mean, Daisy and even Perfect, you know, were developed at two different moments, mm-hmm. uh, 13 years apart, and, and they had their respective universes, you know, which correspond to different moods and eras. You know, the brand itself, the, the Madragos brand, fashion brand has evolved, you know, since the years. And, and it's true that when Mark started 20 years ago to develop fragrances, the approach was much more classic. And Mark also has this, I mean, Mark himself, you know, has a very classic background in fashion, but also has always been very much at the top of the, of the trends and, and, and understanding also more than anyone else, you know, the trends and, and the youth culture. And, and I think Daisy and Perfect very much embrace that aspect of his personality. It's much more playful. It's, it's younger also. So yeah, definitely the, the bottles have an important part to play in the success of these fragrances. For instance, in Asia, we know that the Chinese consumers really like collect, you know, the bottles that they were collecting arts almost, you know, like they put that on their shelves in their oh, yeah. bathroom, you know, they, they really expect, you know, the, the, the new limited editions coming uh, every year. So of course the, 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 they say the triggers, you know, to buy uh, a Daisy fragrance is of course the set, but also. Uh, a lot the, the the packaging you know which is so playful and cool and collectible daisy daisy is very timeless and, and universal and this is why it works so well also i think because it can really speak to anyone in in between age you know daisy is the daisy universe and, and territory uh, especially the advertising is really about this in between age you know teenagehood and adulthood you know when everything is possible you know I, um, there's, there's, it's a world of possibilities, you know, when you are between 15 and 16. And, and I think this is really about that. And this is also the reason why it became so iconic. I think all, all the girls, you know, who grew in this, in this country were that, were this at some point or no friends or have been shown in oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost cultural, you know, it's, it. And I think this is what also why this is probably an icon because it evokes a lot of positive emotions, you know, from mm-hmm. for this generation. It's like a safe place. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I have the whole Daisy Garden. She does. It's my home. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the Daisy girl. I yeah, know. care of Koji. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thanks, shout out. <laughs> We've touched briefly on the original sense, and of course, we have already and will continue to talk a lot about Daisy and the Daisy family. But of course, those two are not the only Mark Jacobs sense. We have Perfect, as you mentioned. There's been a lot throughout the years. Can you describe the Mark Jacobs perspective on fragrance overall? Yes, of course. So I think Mark and the team, you know, we, we are really much breaking into always breaking to new territories, you know, and, and trying to explore, you know, the unexpected. 
olfactive approach in, in general on Atraco's fragrances is to always strike a fine balance between elegance and ease, you know, for, for a rather young audience. And this is really what we are always trying to achieve, you know, with, uh, with our fragrances. Then I think on Perfect, more specifically, that we have launched uh, two years ago, Mark himself was very much involved because for me, it was important to encapsulate, you know, with this fragrance, really the spirit of the fashion brand of today and what he was trying to express in terms of inclusivity, in terms of self-love, in terms of celebrating also who we are, you know, and it's, it's really about this personal journey, you know, to, uh, to find also somehow, I don't know if we can find happiness, but at least to touch a bit of happiness, you know, mm. so that's, that's a little bit, you know, the, the, um, you know, the way we want to work, you know, on this brand and, and, and we, with Mark and, and clearly the bottle, you know, per se, you know, with all the charms, you know, we fair, you know, to, to, to his fashion, you know, the, the, oh, the cherries, you know, have been. I love the bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very iconic now and, and yeah. people really, really like it. And it speaks directly, you know, to the, the, the Mark Jacobs fashion and, and accessories. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I got that right away from all the charms. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted him to like release jewelry in the charms. Yeah. Too, like, he no. composed everything himself. I mean, uh, oh, wow. yeah, there is in the archive a video that shows Mark like literally playing with all those elements and putting them together. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. cool. Yeah. I'm so curious when you're building a scent like Perfect and like Daisy that are both so visually um, attention grabbing. Does the scent come first or does the visuals come first? I think everything, I mean, we work in parallel, you know, because there is a specific timing of development, you know, for the juice, for the, mm. for the, for the packaging, also for the communication, which can take a bit of time, you know, yeah. and for the juice itself, I think it, it started in parallel. I think there was also this envy to provide a juice that could actually be worn also by, by men and and women equally and especially when you look at the the dry down and when you wear it you know there is this kind of very woody cashmere horn notes that that is extremely comfortable that i'm wearing myself also a lot and that brings this kind of i don't know how to say it like boyish in the in the fragrance that makes it quite unique you know so the idea was also to blur the lines you know between women and men's fragrances with perfect mm. Interesting. I know when we think about perfect, we think about the cap with all the charms yeah. that is, is so eye-catching mm-hmm. and, and such a delight. But I think like one of my favorite parts about it is that the bottle itself is so gorgeous, even without the cap. It just looks sort of, it takes me to like it's an, classic. a whiskey decanter yeah. almost. Oh, it's That's gorgeous. True. And then you, and then you top it with this like chaotic, joyful <laughs> cap. And it's just like this, like you said, this balance of sort of not even masculine and feminine, just like very serious and very fun, yeah. which I think like speaks to Mark Jacobs perfectly. Absolutely. It, it's a very good point, actually, because um, I think that's a little bit the way Mark is working creatively. It's always about finding the right balance between all the elements. And there's always a sort of a tension between something that is classic and something that is more disruptive. And that's exactly what you you find in uh, in those bottles, actually. And it's true that the, 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 the glass part is referred to more like classic fragrance, you know, even the yeah. 50s or the 60s, but it's totally disrupted, you know, and by the, the you know, the, all the charms that are put together. So it's always about finding the right tension. I think you, yeah, you got yeah. it. Right. Yeah. 
I'm curious, and you don't have to reveal any trade secrets if you're not allowed to, but <laughs> like with the scent, with the name like Perfect, and like the fact that you guys already came out with an intense version, I was curious. I'm like, I wonder if they'll have a bunch of flankers like in the same way that Daisy does. But with a name like Perfect, it's like, how how much can you expand on something that's already perfect? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, I think I think for the moment we are you know, trying to expand with what we call an extensions, which are more like sort of a iteration of the original fragrance. So it's a little bit what we have done with the, the Intense, which was very much back-driven. And we, we try to push a little bit more the sensuality of the fragrance, the, the Santan notes and the, and the Cashmere. It's actually very, very good on ski. We, we will probably explore for the next one something probably a bit fresher, but I cannot really reveal more at this stage. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. <It's in> <laughs> How So how do you decide or how do you know what fragrances to make flankers of? Like, what are the deciding factors? Yeah, I think I think the deciding factors is really about finding the, again, the, the, the right moment. There is no typical rhythm to, to launch a flanker. Usually it's, as I said, it's about also taking the, the pulse of the community and, and what people expect, you know, from a, from, from a fragrance that they love. But usually we, we launch a flanker when a product starts to get, I wouldn't say old, but we want to enchant a little bit. We want to update, let's say a territory or a conceptual approach that has been taken at that, you know, during the launch. And in some cases, uh, a flanker can also be used for more recent launches when there are some, when we need to make some sort of corrective actions, you know, when we. It's a, it's a little bit, you know, business school, what, what I'm saying now, but when we feel that we didn't really touch, you know, our audience because the, the communication was slightly, came slightly off or the juice was too polarizing or people didn't really understand some, some of the elements of the mix. So sometimes a, a flanker can be a reason, you know, to, to correct that and make sure that the product really please, you know, the, the audience and, and the community. That's really interesting. And I don't mean to get to like marketing 101 here. And also we can pull it out of Mark Jacobs and just make it more like theoretical because I don't want Cody to come back and beat my ass. But like, <laughs> no, but... it's true. It, 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 because you're right. It's not exactly the way it's done on, on Daisy. Yeah. But it's, I mean, having myself experienced working on other brands. Yeah. And sometimes it's what he's done. Yes. So like, so it's about rejuvenating somehow right. the classic or making some sort of corrective action or something that didn't work as much as we expected. If you were, and again, and, and whatever brand you're doing this for, if you were trying to course correct something, what would that launch look like? Would, I mean, obviously you would edit the juice to, you know, please the consumer or, you know, make right what they didn't like about it, of course. But how do you then tell that story? Because in my day job, this is like all of what I do. So, I mean, what is that? even look like i'm trying to like land the plane on this question but like when it's like you, uh, how do you correct something without telling people it's a correct exactly <laughs> exactly i think you know when i say correct it, it maybe I'm, it was a bit misleading just that sometimes some products can be perceived as too polarizing sure, you know? sure. so um it doesn't mean that the original launch was not very done or it's just that sometimes it didn't meet the expectations that right. it might have and 
that's yeah, that's a little bit how it works, you know. And 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 most of the time when we launch flunkers on a product, it means that there are still some interesting elements that you know have been unexplored or could have been explored differently. But the base is good, you know. Sure. Right. Otherwise, we, you don't launch flunker. You know. Otherwise, you just let it go and you say, okay, let's have this fragrance die, you know, and 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 let's start something else from scratch, you know. So that's why for me, yes, I I call it corrective action because again, it's more like a marketing term, but it's a bit more subtle than that. And I think it's most of the time and, and from the, you know, the, what I experienced myself is it's not that it was not good enough at, at the place. It does have something that was polarizing. Right. Every time I smell a new flanker of Daisy, <laughs> I can recognize the original DNA of the scent. And then there's like a unique element to it. Like the latest one that I've smelled was Daisy Skies. Yeah. And I also have Daisy Skies Love and the Eau Fresh, and they kind of all have like a little bit of like a mineral quality to it sure. that is like, to me, like stands out from all the other flankers. And then I'm just like, after this, I'm like, how many places can they go with these daisies? <laughs> like, how many more daisies can you make? And the, the, the beauty of, uh, of this is that, as, as I said, we are working with the, the same perfumer, the master perfumer, Alberto Moriast, and we are very lucky because he's uh, uh, really the guardian you know, of this Daisy, Daisy family. The ones that you have met recently, the, the, the Daisy Skies are actually limited of the, the Daisy classic, like the Daisy DT, the Love, and, and also Fresh. And the, the way we... We work this limited edition. Uh, usually, we we are trying to bring a twist on on, on the top nodes uh, with new ingredients, something a little bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. And each season, we explore different different territories. You know, it can be a little bit more mineral, as you you describe it, or it can be, I don't know, uh, a milk, for instance. You know, I remember exploring like the oat milk or the almond milk or all the you know, the, the smell of, of a milk, you know, mixed with the, the original daisy. And, and this is really the approach we are trying to, to take on the limited edition. So we are not changing so much the core of the, of the fragrance, but we are trying to bring a little twist by adding a surprising element, you know, on the right. original fragrance. But it's no more that you really recognize, you know, a sort of a common uh, olfactory signature. It's, it's on purpose. Interesting. Does the name come last then, or does the the tweet come? First? Usually, usually, actually, the names come first. Oh, oh. Uh, in this case, yes, the name triggers a little mm-hmm. bit the rest of the marketing mix, I would say. And usually, this is what also inspire uh, Mark in the development and and also the the perfumer. That's interesting. Wow. Because, like, I feel like when I think of all the flankers' names for Daisy, they all have a very cozy comforting fantasy kind of vocabulary mm-hmm. and then skies was probably the most abstract to me yeah i think it would make a difference a differentiation between the flunkers and the, the limited edition because what uh-huh. we call flunkers even internally you know because flunker is a is a, is a business term i'm not even sure the the, the final consumer is, is exposed you know to, mm-hmm. to this way right. 
we, we like to call it flower for, for the consumer because each flanker is a different flower. You know, it's a different design of the flower. It's a different bottle. Right. When the li limited editions are coming only for six months, uh, they're limited oh, in wow. their definition. That's very limited. Yeah, <laughs> and it's very limited. And sky is, is a limited edition. So it's more like a, think more like a fashion drop, you know, like the drop that you find fashion, you know, when, I don't know, Nike does some collaboration with, I don't know, an artist or another brand, you know, I think the limited editions are more like thought that way. So it's not meant to stay, but it's really meant to be there like six months, you know, to bring a little bit more excitement to our community, yeah. you know, when the flunker, it's a different approach. When we launch a new flunker on Daisy, and Franco is like Daisy also fresh or Daisy love, you know, they always come with a new design, a new bottle design, and it's meant to stay a long time, you know, in the market. I see. I see. That's okay. Fair. Yeah, that's. I got confused that. because it's very meta. It's like a yes. limited edition of a flanker. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> How do you guys know when it's time to release a new tentpole fragrance versus another flanker because as we've seen you know the daisy flankers are sort of an ongoing conversation and we have seen in the daisy lifespan as a whole many mark jacobs drops sprinkled in between but how do you know when it's time for a, a new scent rather than a new daisy it's a very well it's a very commercial question i mean it's it's a combination you know of i would say a desire at some point of expressing a new point of view in fragrances also from mark or for you know any any brand mark in in, in the case of marjacos of course but for any brand usually it's really the desire to express from a brand a new point of view for instance you know when when a brand has a a new designer on board, that's also the opportunity for him or her to express his or her point of view, you know, in, in fragrancy. So that could be the moment. Commercially, from a commercial standpoint, I think the moment is right when the brand can already support, you know, what they have in their portfolio in terms of, you know, trade and media and all the, the, the means that we have to expose, you know, and, and to, to bring to life and to, to advertise, you know, the, the, the fragrances. So not every brand can support, you know, four or five fragrances, you know, so there's a limited number of fragrances that a brand can support. So that's also really what I would say triggered the decision. So it's a mix of a desire to express a new point of view in fragrances from a designer or from a brand and the capacity to support, you know, this, this new fragrance within, you know, the current business, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Right. If we think about the last sort of new fragrance from Mark Jacobs, we think of Perfect. And I've always been curious because it seems like that scent was, when it came out, it was 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, you know, that was sort of at the height or maybe at the beginning of the, you know, other side of the hill of the skin scent craze that was happening. And to me, it seemed like Perfect was sort of Marc Jacobs' version of that while not responding to it. Literally, it was a scent that was really soft and textural. And like you said, had this really interesting creamy almond milk note. Was was Perfect born of the sort of mid-2010s craze of 
softer, more skin-like scents, or was that an idea all its own? I think we are trying to uh, respond also to uh, a desire from from um, our audience and community and, and consumers in general to have fragrances that are much more clean-like and more like, I would say, a blend, you know, between your your own smell somehow and the fragrance wh- wh- rather than having something that really covers, something that yeah. blends with your own smell and creates that's why I said it's so unique from one person to another. And I think Perfect was really sought that way. And I think brands tend to more and more focus on this sensation on skin and and the comfort and the long lasting and also the diffusibility rather than focusing only on the immediate impact the fragrance might have, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think I think uh, Perfect was really thought that way. It's not a fragrance that is necessarily obvious at the first time, but it's very something that you discover over time when you wear it and when you live with it and when you start to get compliments. And it's not something that is overpowering, but it's something that lasts, you know, on your skin. Yeah. Which I, I think I is definitely thought that. Yeah. Which I think is technically more complicated to achieve, but this mm-hmm. is also for me the signature of uh, of a great fragrance, you know, when it's not necessarily too loud, but something that really stay with you for a long time. Yeah, I think there is this romantic notion of a perfume that takes on all new facets of its own, depending on the individual wearer. Yeah, for sure. And that that whole like, you know, quote unquote, skin scent category does cover that a lot. Yeah. And then I've started noticing that a lot more fragrances are coming out with intense versions. And I'm sure, you know, they've been in development in over the past few years, but they all seem to be coming out around now or in the past two years. And I'm wondering, like, what is this trend of intense versions of fragrances? It's a very, it's a very interesting point. And I think there is, you know, I would say two trends that contradict themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, it's true. Huh? There is a part of the consumers that are really looking for something more and more heavy and loud and intense in that way because they, I think they really want to to stand out. They really want to use, you know, the, their fragrance as a vector, you know, to express, you know, their personalities, who they are. And that trends also come a lot from Europe, <clears throat> but also Middle East. You know, this is a little bit how the, the, the Middle Eastern consumers, you know, are appreciating, you know, the fragrances, you know, they're really looking for something heavy, you know, woody and uh, with a lot of Good. I mm. personally like these kind of fragrances, especially in winter, because you know <laughs> it's something that really like envelops you and really creates like a sort of an atmosphere, and it's uh, it's very sensual also at the same time. So I would say this is one consumer, and I think people are also looking for value for money. I have to say, so uh, fragrances are not cheap, so they want to make sure that you know when they buy a fragrance, you know they they have enough quality. You know, in right. uh, and and that quality perception, right? They want a lot of bang for the, their buck. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. And there's another trend, which is, as you said, people who don't really like this kind of overpowering fragrances and 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 want to stay true, you know, to who they are and their own scent, and they don't want to have something cover, but they're more looking for something that, you know, as you said, like melt with their own scent and their own skin mm-hmm. and most of these consumers find all the proposals especially from the news collect- uh, 
niche markets in the country, right. overpowering and too strong for them. So they always go with something that is lighter. So they still want to have something that is long lasting mm -hmm. uh, because long lasting it is critical, but they, they want something that really stays on the skin in a very soft way, you know, and, and, and that's something that really uh, stand out too much, you know, so it's more, it's more like a personal approach, I would say, of the fragrance. Something that they wear almost on, more for themselves than for the others. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what do you, I, I feel like we've covered yeah, so much we of what we wanted to talk <laughs> about. Oh my goodness. But um, <laughs> really? what, one thing that I am curious about, and this might just like be more of your opinion than anything, but what is it about going back to Daisy that has given it such longevity as a fragrance in your collection that is able to be reinterpreted so many times and see so much success year over year and, you know, flower after flower? What is it about that that struck a chord with consumers, do you think? I think I think the reason why Daisy has been, uh, is considered today as, as an icon, it's because again, it has a very specific and unique territory. You know, I was mentioning this in-between age, you know, uh, between uh, teenagehood and adulthood that is very uh, specific, you know, and it's yeah. some, something that speaks to to anyone that is timeless and universal. And I think the sign of a great fragrance is originally a concept that is timeless, universal, can speak to anyone. And I think that's the case of this. And also there is a very recognizable signature. It's not possible to stay in the top 10, in the top five so long if it's not a scent that you can recognize in, in a nanosecond. So mm. I think that's really the case of Daisy. And, and that's really the reason why, you know, that fragrance has been a commercial success, you know, for so many years. Mm. It has this very specific signature. And then over time, you know, it's, as I said, it's also about creating these very positive emotions, you know, and being part of the culture somehow, you know, I was saying that everybody at some point wore Daisy or know someone who wore Daisy. So I think it's really a sign of, 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 of a success and, and what makes this a fragrance, you know, uh, yeah, a, a long time success. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's just going to go on forever. It really will. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the multiverse of the days. Yeah. And we have a new one actually uh, coming out in a in a in a few weeks. Uh, oh wow! You'll have to send that one to us. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> it's Daisy Ever So Fresh. It's uh, it's launching now actually in the US. Uh, oh. It's very well, and it's actually I know, it's a it's a it's a light extension of Daisy Also Fresh, mm. which happens to be a huge success in in the US, and we are really trying to combine here the. The freshness, the immediate freshness, and the long lasting. You are mentioning the, the you know, the, the fact that you know where people are looking for like long lasting fragrances. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be the most concentrated fragrance of the the Daisy family. So uh, wow. I'm looking forward to uh, hear your your comments. You know, on yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some comments. Absolutely. <laughs> Not us getting an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I was really curious. I was like, tell us the name. Tell us the new he one. He did though, right? Ever so fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually I thought it was going to be something else, but oh, so based on insider knowledge yeah. I had, <laughs> so did I. So I was like, Watch perhaps he's pivoting to <laughs> not a lie but an omission. Cody's going to snipe yeah, us right here in this room. I'm not giving away any trade secrets. I also didn't sign any NDAs. So. Stop. They'll come for us. <laughs> well. Well. That was so great. That was interesting. It was great. I guess like 
I don't think I learned anything that <laughs> surprised me so much. But like, so what? I'm just saying, like, okay, like, things happen as I suspected they would. But I'm still just, like, I don't, I'm, like, picturing, like, a Mark Jacobs conference room when someone's, like, yo, what about skies? What about, what about dream i love that the po- every podcast ends on samples just like just as i thought <laughs> exactly as i thought well 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 i don't know i feel like it'd be fun to be in that creative team just to be like so the prompt of this fragrance will be almost like a reality show like yeah. a top chef or something right. when they reveal the ingredient oh my god yeah. right it's interesting that it sounds like the names come first yeah i mean that does make sense because a name can evoke sure like so many ideas for mm-hmm. a smell because like the other way around i feel like that would be way more abstract if they're like what does it smell like i don't know a sky like, right. that'd be weird right so it makes sense that creatively it's the other way around yeah although i guess it makes sense too that he's like oh we just kind of fuck with the top notes so right. it's like oh that's the secret it does i see i think daisy flankers have kind of gotten better and better they have. And They've got not, more interesting. I know. That's not yeah. me just talking out of my ass because we had them on the show. But I yeah. mean, you showed me how much that I love. Um, what, what do I like? Daisy Love. You like Daisy Love. And Oh So Intense. And Oh So Love. Intense. And I'm I not really a, like the intense one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge original Daisy girl, but those I yeah. love, love. I also really like the perfect intense compared to the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, it I. It has like I, way more of the almondiness yes, to it. Yes. I appreciate like perfect percent. for what it is. And you're yeah. right. I think. Uh, perfect intense is a it, there's obviously it is more intense so it, it's, it it's lovely it lives up to the name it's a li- almost a little like more tart yeah yeah i bet i guess almond in a weird way is tart i, if you I think, think like it can be. Yeah. almond is one of those things that can smell different depending on like what it's mixed with yeah. which is interesting yeah. but i do really like that one same well well I'm excited for this episode and I'm so excited for the new Mark Jacobs Daisy Flankers and the rest of them that are they'll just keep coming forever and like they'll be in Apocalypse and there's still a new Daisy coming out Daisy at the end of the world Daisy at the end that's slightly comforting to me honestly right anyway find us on our website smellyoulater.live follow us on what no okay (laughs) (laughs) follow us on Instagram at smellyoulater.mp3 I'm at Sabletooth Tikra. I'm at Tynan Buck. And until next time, we will smell, smell you later. later.